Welcome to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag horror hostess, Evil, coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. Good evening, pod people. I hope you're all doing well and ready for a slimy movie review. <laughs> now, I know movies like tonight's aren't everyone's thing. Some horror fans are only in it for the slashers or some big monster. But when it comes to little creatures of nature like worms, ticks, ants, slugs, they're out. But I personally love movies like this because the people have to be clever on how they create situations for the characters to be entrapped by small, usually slow creatures. And all that being said, that brings us to tonight's main feature. Enjoy. Tonight we are reviewing Squirm from 1976. Now straight in, there's opening text. Late in the evening of September 29th, 1975, a sudden electrical storm struck a rural seacoast area of Georgia. Power lines felled by high winds sent hundreds of thousands of volts surging into the muddy ground, cutting off all electricity to the small, secluded town of Fly Creek. During the period that followed the storm, the citizens of Fly Creek experienced what scientists believe to be one of the most bizarre freaks of nature ever recorded. This is the story. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> So we open on a big thunderstorm, lots of wind and lightning and ominous music. Title card, squirm. And then we focus on the power lines. And then some creepy kid singing. Uh-oh, huge power line crashes down, and with zaps of electricity and a monstrous-looking worm flashes, the worms they are using are sea worms or blood worms, and they actually have those gnarly-looking teeth. Fun fact, the amount of sea worms used in the film was countless. Production would order shipments of 250,000 glycera worms at a time. Uh, production ended up wiping out the New England fishing industry's supply of those glycera worms for that year. <laughs> it's a lot of worms. So, next morning, everything is bright and clear and wet. <laughs> I remember mornings like that when I lived in the Midwest. That is one of the things I do miss living in San Francisco. We don't have thunderstorms. They were so much fun. Well, until the tornado warning and you had to go sit in the basement. <laughs> So we meet our main character, the red-headed Jerry, taking a shower. No, not Jerry from the Spice Girls. <laughs> that would be a completely different movie. We also see the handyman farmhand person, Roger, cleaning up after the storm. A little later, Jerry and her mom are talking about a boy Jerry met and who's visiting for a few days. But the mom, she seems very uneasy and I think she might be a little psychic. My nerves are still jumping from all that thunder. I never saw such a storm. Something evil, but... So, Jerry borrows Roger's truck to go get Mick. Cut to our main character, Mick, also a ginger, on the bus. 
and the road is blocked so they'll have to turn around and go back but Mick just gets off not knowing where he is in the 70s in rural Georgia okay so the bus driver tells him how to get to Fly Creek so we get a shot of him peeing on a tree before he treks through the forest and meets Jerry in the forest just after he falls in a pit of water um, I'm sorry, but how the hell did she know where he was in the forest? Plot hole. So they walk to her, to Roger's truck that she borrowed. And they drive into town, because Jerry needs ice, because there's no electricity. And they want to keep the food in the refrigerator cold. So as she's getting ice, Mick heads into the local diner. And, I'm sorry, but the waitress in this diner, she is gorgeous. She has amazing hair, her boobs are great. And the local sheriff is also there, who also has great hair. <laughs> um, so Mick orders an egg cream. And he has to explain what that is to the waitress. And it's basically a chocolate soda. So then he gets it, and there's a big worm with teeth in it. So he spills his drink all over, gets blamed for putting the worm in there as a joke. These small town folks are scary. Now why'd you go and do a juvenile thing like that, fella? Where are you from, fella? In the city, I'll bet. I don't want your money. I just want you to leave. And don't you think an apology is in order, fella? Apologize for what? For finding a worm in my egg cream? What business you have in Fly Creek? No business. Just pleasure. So he and Jerry ride back, and Mick has to hold the ice on his lap. Talk about shrinkage. Oof. So Mick is there in Georgia to pick up antiques from some of the locals. And of course, to make out with Jerry, if they can ever find some privacy. So as they're about to head out to look for some antiques, Roger comes and asks what happened to all the worms in the back of his truck. He and his father own a worm farm right next to Jerry's house. And... They were there when Jerry took the truck, but now a hundred thousand worms are just gone. And Roger's father blames Roger, of course. But a hundred thousand worms? How do they just disappear? I don't know. Second plot hole. <laughs> Poor Roger, though. The guy playing Roger is built. Filthy, but built. Oof. Then we get a little worm talk. Maybe we can help replace him somehow. A hundred thousand worms? What's the matter? Afraid of worms. What, me? Afraid of worms? <laughs> yeah. Nothing to be afraid of, as long as you hold them by the tail. What's that? They bite. Worms around here, all glycera. Blood worms and corn worms from the ocean. But how do you know which end is the tail? Huh? The end opposite the one that bites you. So at the house of the guy with the antiques, Mr. Beardsley. No one answers the front door. So they go around to the back door. No one answers. They're looking in the windows, looking around the property. Then Jerry screams because she finds a human skeleton half buried in the yard. So they go get the sheriff. When they finally get the sheriff to come out there, there are no bones. The sheriff is a dick. Now listen, fella, I don't know what you're up to. But you sure as hell ain't gonna pull this bull in Fly Creek. I want you the hell out of this town. But it was right here, Mr. Reston. We both saw it. Now, Jerry, that's enough. I'd expect this bull from your sister, but not you. Your daddy was real proud of you. 
And he were alive and saw you now, he'd tame your fanny. She didn't do anything. Well, I'm gonna let this go, because it's too hot. And I'm too busy to book this little city weasel. I got goddamn time to put back together again. But if I see you even one more time, you won't even be able to call a city lawyer. Because all the phones are dead. Then we cut to Mick changing while Jerry's little sister Alma watches and smokes pot and paints her toenails. This girl's a weirdo. <laughs> so then cut to the local bar where Jerry and Mick are looking for Mr. Beardsley. They don't find him, but they do see Roger. So they invite Roger to go fishing with them later. Back at Jerry's house, Jerry and Mick check Roger's truck to see how the worms could have escaped. And while doing that, they find the bones from earlier. But Roger's father was coming, so they hid. So they know the bones are in the truck, but they still don't do anything. Okay. Cut to Roger, Jerry, and Mick on a boat in a lake. And the worm hooking scene, where neither of the guys want to hook a worm, but the girl will. And then finally Mick starts to do it, and the worm bites right into Mick's arm. Ugh. Then we get a little story from Roger. I never saw one bite like that. I did. When I was little, my daddy just started the worm farm, experimenting with ways of getting them out of ground, tried electricity, took my train transformer and hooked it up. Then he wet down the ground, he sat back and waited until it got dark. Did it work? Come out of ground, all right. Like roaches up a drain pipe. Had to pretty near cut off all my thumb. Roger, I never knew you. no big deal. So Mick leaves Jerry with Roger and goes off to tend to his bite. But actually, he's going to snoop in Frank's dad's work truck and look at the skeleton. And he takes off the head of the skeleton. And as he's coming out of the truck, Jerry's sister catches him. So they both take the skull and go off back on the lake with Roger and Jerry. And Roger's trying to make his move on Jerry, and she is not having it. So Roger gets mad, and she pushes him off her and into the boat where the worms were loose in the bottom. And they start crawling all over his face and in his face. And they just start sucking up in there, and he's trying to pull them out. It's amazing, gross scene. Great effects. Then they both fall in the water, and Roger starts freaking out and runs off into the forest. And Jerry can't chase him, I guess. So Jerry makes it back to her house, all wet, and tells her mother nothing is wrong and that she just fell in the water. I'm sorry, but why wouldn't she tell her about Roger and the worms? I don't understand. Cut to the local dentist's office as Mick and Jerry's sister Alma break in to, I guess, compare dental records to a skull? I mean, okay. Anyway, he apparently proves it's Mr. Beardley's skeleton that they found. He should work for CSI. Then there's this weird non-shower scene with Jerry trying to take a shower, but there's no water, but the worms come out and then go back in when she turns the water off. So, no shower for her. So then Jerry tells Mick about the attack on Roger, but they keep it all from their mom. 
And it seems the mother is close to a breakdown and that's why no one is telling her anything. So Jerry and Mick go off to the worm farm to try and find Roger. The truck is there, but no one else is. It looks kind of deserted. Then there's this cool shot of Roger in the rear view mirror of Jerry's car. And then he's gone. It's a great shot because it's just his head and the worms are coming out. Oh, so good. Mick finds Roger's father and he's of course full of worms and dead. I mean, both. <laughs> so they speed off to get the sheriff and they find the sheriff having dinner, of course. And what is he eating? Spaghetti. And then all these shots of them sucking up the noodles. Ugh. And again, the sheriff doesn't believe him, so they leave. They head back to Mr. Beardley's to find out what he was doing when he died. And there is this room where there's a well. And there are some weird, gross noises coming from it. But they don't open it to check. They just assume it's full of worms. So they leave again. These people are just going all over this town, back and forth, up and down. Okay. <sighs> Cut to... An awkward dinner with just the four of them. So Jerry, Mick, Alma, and their mother. And I'm sorry, the mother is kind of a loon, but I think she's just on the edge. Suddenly the tree outside falls and crushes the dining room. <laughs> Fun fact, there was no special effects used in this scene. It was all done in one take, with an actual cut tree being released from a crane to fall through the set, complete with the actors on set. Several cameras placed around to capture the actors literally fleeing for their lives as the large tree landed next to them. I don't know if that was the safest way to do that scene, but it looked really good, so I guess it worked. So everyone is alive, and Mick starts looking at the roots of the tree and shows Jerry that they are covered in worms. Then they look away for a moment and look back, and all the worms have disappeared into the ground. So Mick apparently has figured it out. Why is this happening? I don't know. Something is making the worms go crazy. Just driving them right up out of the ground. Electricity. There isn't any. Yes, there is. The, the power lines that fell down are still sending juice into the ground. That's thousands of volts. With, with soaking wet mud to act as a conductor. Yeah, and as soon as the light hits them, they disappear. So Mick figures it's the light that drives them away. So while it's still light out, he runs to get some plywood to board up the house, I guess, a little. You're gonna need a lot of plywood. Then Jerry's sister Alma goes to take a shower upstairs. But again, no water this time. But she doesn't turn the taps off, she just leaves them open till the water comes back on, I guess. And then we keep getting this creepy shot of the mother sitting in the living room knitting, looking at a hole in the ceiling. It's a very odd sequence. Cut to Mick carrying some plywood through the forest. Bam, he gets attacked by Roger, whose face is still filled with worms. <laughs> and Roger throws him in a pit because he's jealous that Mick is with Jerry and not him. You ain't got no good way to go, boy. He's mine. The old one mine. And now you're coming down here and you spoil everything. You're gonna be spoiled. You're gonna be the worm face. Now it's full night and the upstairs bathroom is filled with worms. So Alma goes up to wash her face and a tsunami of worms falls on her. Cut to black. Bye bye Alma. Back in the pit, Mick's ankle is messed up and he's lost his glasses and the worms are coming. 
So he takes off his shirt, makes a torch with it to ward them off, and then they suck back into the ground. Weird. Cut to the sheriff having sex with some woman in one of the jail cells, and we get a POV shot, I guess from the worms? Then they're coming in through the bars, and then the sheriff and that woman, both worm food. He deserved it. I don't know if she did, but he definitely deserved it. Then the people at the bar are worm food. I don't know if they deserved it, but whatever. Cut back to Jerry's house and her lighting more candles. And Roger's just outside the kitchen window, but Jerry doesn't see him. Oh my God, that shot is so well done. So by the back door, Jerry gets grabbed by Roger as he smashes out the light from the candles. Again, actually another good scene. Like I said, this movie's kind of slept on, but it has some really good scenes. Cut to the mother in the living room and all the worms falling out of the ceiling and she's still just sitting there knitting. Mick gets back to the house and sees the worms just flooding out from under the house. So Mick goes in and finds the living room full of worms and that the mother is worm food. So Mick uses the candle to make a path through the worms. Yeah, okay, whatever. Just using light, yeah. So he's going through the house, looking for Jerry, finds a ladder up to the attic, and he starts to head up there, and bam! Roger's head pops out and grabs Mick. Then they fight, and Roger falls into the living room full of worms. Bye-bye, Roger. Finally. In the attic, Jerry was tied up, so Mick saves her. So they decide to climb out of the window onto a tree, and Mick is about to go out, and up pops Roger, and he bites Mick's leg, but Mick beats him off with a flashlight. Now he's really gone, hopefully. So now they're stranded in a tree. Cut to the next morning, and they're still in the tree, asleep. And the power guy wakes them up to tell the power is back on, and the worms are gone. Back in the house, it's a mess, and there is mud slime all over the walls, but something in an upstairs trunk. Oh, it's Jerry's sister Alma, and she's alive, and still in those hideous shoes. <laughs> Zoom out on the house, and then that camera pans down at the ground. And then credits. The end. Okay, so this movie is a trip. And unlike what it said at the beginning, it's not actually a true story. There is no Fly Creek, Georgia. Unless it is true and there were no survivors to tell the tale. And there's just some place out there full of worms. <laughs> also, how are you going to explain to the cops when you eventually will have to call the cops, that that's what's happened. Especially in the rural South in the 70s. No one's going to believe them it was a bunch of worms. I don't know. Oh, so the worms in this movie are really gross. And the close-ups with the teeth, ugh, so well done. Another thing, whenever they show the worms in this movie, there's that weird screeching sound, which is actually the electronically processed sound of pig screams in a slaughterhouse while they're being killed. <laughs> Jerry. Some of the effects were meh, but Roger's face full of worms was great. I think this movie is better than it gets credit for. One more fun fact for my drag fans out there. The actor Don Scardino, who plays Mick, our main guy, is also a director, and he directed the 2021 Bitch Who Stole Christmas, the RuPaul Christmas movie. Weird connection, right? From Worms to Queens. <laughs> so I give Squirm from 1976 8 out of 10 egg creams. Now don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, family, neighbors to check out the Reflections of Darkness podcast. 
And feel free to message me any comments, questions, concerns, movie recommendations, whatnot. And yeah, I think that's enough slimy horror for me tonight. As always, keep watching scary movies. Bye-bye. Quigley's is a pisser. I go there with some of my friends, stoned out of our gourds. We just sit around and watch the old farts drink themselves into a stupor.